Ah, right. Hello, people are starting arriving. Hi, Bruce and Carrie and me and Steve and Susanna. Lovely to see you here. Um, we're expecting quite a, quite a crew, so I'll just wait for everyone to turn up from wherever they are in the globe. And I'll explain what we're going to do. We're expecting to be here for about an hour. So if you've got, you know, you're planning your day, that's what we'll be doing. And I hope you've got your quiz thoughts, your quiz hats on, because it's not easy, this quiz. I thought I'd really test you all as you've been reading Lord of the Rings so recently. Uh, who else has come in? Hi, Laurie and Karen and Jose and Inga, Emily. Um, I think it's, I can't, I may, may be greeting people twice because the list keeps uh, rejigging itself. Annette, wonderful. So um, whilst we wait for people to arrive, uh, if you want to say hi, um, do raise your hand. Oh, Karen, you said hi. Do you want to come and actually talk to us? Just talk to me for a bit um, because my tech team should be able to find you and we'll have a little chat and find out where you're from. Okay, Karen, your talking is permitted, so off you go. Tell us where you're from. Um, well, hey, Julia. <laughs> Thank you hi as there. much for me on with you. Um, so I'm here in Edinburgh in the UK. Okay. Um, and I was actually one of your Gandalf for the day um, participants. So I took... Fabulous. Took through the day on um, on April the first, which was kind of fun. <laughs> and, um, yeah. A few people that I told that I was doing this just went, "No, that's um, an April Fool's joke. You can't be doing that. That's just too cool." <laughs> what was your chapter? Um, I did Flotsam and Jetsam. Oh, we're going to be talking about that later. So let Are me we? just make a note of that. <laughs> okay, that was Karen's chapter. That means um, I need to know everything about Flotsam and Jetsam off the top of my head, which will be just. I'll be terrible on the spot. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. Um, but can can I hear an accent of something that isn't Edinburgh born and bred? Yes, um, I'm English, so I was born in Norwich and then grew okay. up in Hertfordshire, so just near London. Yeah, and then moved up to Edinburgh for university, and I've stayed here ever since because I have family here. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not too Scottish. <laughs> it's a fabulous city, though. I mean, one it is really, really, really lovely. Really anybody is. else listening to this? It's a fabulous yeah. city. Um, so we've got Phoebe as well, who's got her. I think I know Phoebe. Phoebe, are you my Phoebe? Hi, Julia. Yeah, it's Phoebe. Oh, hi, Phoebe. Hi, Phoebe, so um, everybody else who's joining us, Phoebe came on our very first in-person um, walking and writing in the Shires course, which we did in Merton in April. So Phoebe, where are you at the moment? I'm at home. I'm here at home. And I'm so happy it's a Sunday because it's my one day off work. And I'm so happy I got the email. I was like, oh, I get to say hello, Julia and everybody. <laughs> yeah. So you might be able to tell folks that Phoebe has a little bit of the Irish in her or quite a lot of the Irish in her. <laughs> so Phoebe, whilst people are coming, um, what was your highlight of the Walking and Writing in the Shires course? What Of all oh. the places, the Tolkien-related places we went, what did you like most? Gosh, trying to just pick one. I loved all of it. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, getting to meet all of you. But I, I loved every bit of it. Honestly, I couldn't pick just one. Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> for me, I think for me, the, the place that I enjoyed most was Sarehole Mill. Oh, yeah. Because that was my first time being there, which for those of you who don't know, it's... Uh, in the outskirts of Birmingham, which was where Tolkien as a little boy lived, which then it was a village. Mm -hmm. And as Phoebe will tell you, now it's in like suburbia, isn't it? It's surrounded by houses. But this old mill is still there, which is the um, 
inspiration for the mill in Hobbiton. Yes, and you can really tell, you know, it still has the, the old wheel and stuff as well, the big yeah. lake. <laughs> oh, and so it's lovely to see you, Phoebe. Thank you for coming. And lovely Carrie's, to see you, Julia. Thank you. Carrie's got her hand up. So, Carrie, you're, would you like to say hi and tell us where you're from? You're not from oh. York, are you? Yeah, uh, well, York is actually a former married name, so um, okay. long, boring story there. But um, I'm actually in America. I'm in Idaho. <laughs> oh, Idaho. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a really remote part of the world from everybody else there. But it, yeah. I do have to say this is such an honor to meet and talk to you. I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, no, it's a, it's a total pleasure. And we've been having a huge amount of fun with this yes. um, over the last few months. We'll be, I'll be doing a sort of recap on it. Um, <laughs> we are going to give people a good five minutes to turn up because we're expecting quite sizable numbers. So, um, Carrie, while we've got you, I presume in Idaho you're sort of in the middle of your day there. Is that right? Uh, no. So, yeah, it's just about 11 o'clock, not quite noon yet here. <laughs> right. So we would be on, um, I'm in the Pacific time zone. So. so when did you firstly read Lord of the Rings, Carrie? Um, I first, it was crazy. I read The Hobbit when I was a kid and then I didn't touch Lord of the Rings until my 20s. And I kick myself okay. every day over this because as soon as I started reading it, I just was thinking to myself, why did I not pick this up before? And it quickly became my very, very, very favorite book. Yeah. And it remains, every time I read it, it just cements it more and more into my heart as my favorite book. And are you a fan of the films? Yes. Okay. So are you looking forward to the Amazon series? No. In September? No. <laughs> Why is that? What's, what's um, I'm just nervous because it's a concern of mine that Tolkien and his works as a whole may not be respected. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is It is hard to see. I've sort of thought about this a lot, as you can imagine. Yeah. And it's it's working out what's the equivalent of The Hobbit view. Because right. the way that the reason why I think, you know, the reason why Lord of the Rings works is because you really relate to the sort of the little guy. Yes. So, yes. Um, and obviously the Silmarillion and, and the, you know, Hobbits were not, you know, not relevant. Yeah, they're not really history. mentioned in there. I think so. they might sneak a few in. And maybe they'll have a few sort of dwarves to give us another little person to. Right. Um, and they may bring it, you know, they, they may go all the way through the second age and maybe get a little into the third age as the series progresses. I just, you know, I just, I just have a lot of concerns because I really think Peter Jackson respected Tolkien um, as a whole. And um, I, I like what he did because yeah. And you know, nobody's perfect. So of course it's an imperfect work, but I just really liked what he did with it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to other people, if you wish to weigh in on this topic whilst we're waiting for others to come, um, <laughs> you just raise your hand and I'll see you'll, you'll shoot to the top of my list. And I'll be able to call you <laughs> forward. So um, thanks, Carrie. Uh, you're starting that particular conversation going. I'm say hi to Steve. Steve, do you want to say where you're from? Steve Ruddock. Yes, uh, Julia, it's a pleasure to be part of this. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and to meet you. I'm in... Uh, Far off, sunny California. Oh. So I, I fear the sun is taking the day off today. We've had a day of rain here uh, mm. as well. So the other side of the world. 
<laughs> so, um, Steve, you're early morning, are you? Sort of like nine o'clock, that kind of time? No, I'm t- same time zone as uh, as Carrie. It's just past oh, okay. 11 now. Just past 11, right. And so same question to you, Steve. Are, are you uh, someone who read Lord of the Rings, you know, as a child or as a teen, or did you come to it later in life? I read it first at age 17, and I've read it many times since. Yeah. And uh, I uh, was a, a pleasure, <clears throat> as we'll probably discuss in the, the readathon, helped me read it with fresh eyes. You know how it's mm. sometimes difficult with your favorite pieces of literature or your favorite songs to really hear them like you want to <laughs> when it's yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I was asking um, Carrie about the sort of view of films and the TV series coming. What's your, are you a Peter Jackson admirer or books only person? Well, I thought the, I I thought Peter Jackson's um, uh, Lord of the Rings films were, were far better than we had any right to expect given the the pretty shabby uh, history of trying to bring Lord yeah. of the Rings to the screen. But I, I, I really didn't like his Hobbit trilogy. I think yeah. it gave in to the temptation to turn it into another one of these comic book superhero uh, bloated kinds of things. And, and the, the trailer of the Amazon uh, series that I've seen reminds me of those Hobbit movies a little bit. So I'm, I'm uh, I'm a bit jaded about that, but yeah, I'm sure well, I'll watch it. <laughs> we have to see, won't we? Give it, you know. On, I sort of feel sympathy for the creatives behind the script who've got this almost impossible job to do. So I wish them well. So I'm really hoping they're going to do a good job because it would be great if they do. But yeah. I think with the the Hobbit, I've got the feeling that there's a really good film waiting. One film waiting to come out of the really harsh edit of the three films Hmm. just just stick with just stick with Bilbo and forget all the other stuff um and it probably would be quite a good film yeah that that would be fun to see I think someone actually um I think someone has actually done this on YouTube somewhere there is somebody who's re-edited it if they're allowed to Hmm. but uh yeah so also um saying hi to us is Emily so, uh, Emily, do you want to tell us where you're from? I um, I am from Ohio in America. Uh-huh. Well, hello, America. Thank you. It's about two in the afternoon here. Very nice. So, Emily, have you been reading Lord of the Rings every year since you first read it? Yes, actually, um, since I was 14. Fantastic. And uh, do you have a anything to say on the issue of the films versus the forthcoming series, that thing that we've been talking about? Um, I'm at the point where I think the films are very good, but I've just read the books so much that I just can't stop. But what about this? And what about this? And so I think this being a story part of the story that's less familiar I'll be more able to let that go and so I I have no idea if it will be good or not but I'm not dreading it yeah well we'll see I remember being quite worried um you sound relatively young so you may not have been um 
like had many expectations because when Peter Jackson announced he was doing this there were a couple of years when it was you know news was coming out at the end of the 90s and I was really quite worried at that point that it was going to be really bad because um the animated version did some things quite well but then it stopped they never really sort of finished it and it Mm. Uh, and of course the cartoon thing didn't I know so I I had lots of worries and then he then they turned out to be much better than I expected so I'm hoping that's going to be the same Mm -hmm. with the uh, Amazon series Maddie you want to say hi Maddie say hello to us where are you from oh hang on we just need you yes there we go off you go Maddie you can say hi hi can you hear me now I can yes Hi, um, this is this is so great to be a part of. I really enjoyed the the readathon. Um, Thank you. I'm in I'm in Vancouver, um, and I read the my introduction to Tolkien. I read The Hobbit in high school, and I completely fell in love with it then. And kind of that just escalated to now my bookshelf is ninety percent Tolkien. Um, yeah. And then yeah, as far as the movies and and that goes. I, I find it I find it kind of interesting hearing other people's opinions, and I hear a lot that they're worried that the TV show or the movies um, are going to ruin the the story. And for me, I think Tolkien's story is in the books. I think whatever happens to the movie or TV show, I mean, it'll be a shame if it does kind of if it's not as good as everyone wants it to be or as good as it should be. But I think for me, they're always going to be in the books. So I can always go back there, even if the movies or TV shows don't do as well. But I personally, I really enjoyed the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, um, I suppose it's being able to have the two things in like different compartments, like the Frodo in the books is entirely different. Yes. Age and sort of social status and everything is entirely different from, um, the Elijah Wood version so you can kind of say right that's the film version and mm-hmm. that's the book version exactly yeah I, I I really separate the two but the Lord of the Rings movies at least I I really enjoyed them and I also loved the books so brilliant okay so right folks um I'm sure more people will carry on arriving so but I thought we'd start by telling you what we're going to do in the next uh, just under an hour now um we're going to recap the highlights of the readathon just in brief at the beginning and what was going on there and what we did uh then we're going to move on to a quiz the quiz is in five rounds and it's based on lord of the rings the books not the films so if you give a film answer to a question it's going to be not accepted it's strictly the books okay everybody we're doing the books um it's also a quiz that's supposed to be for your memory uh, so please don't um, Google and don't, um, if you've got a, an e-version of it, don't search digitally because that will, well, it's an honour system here. We're expecting you to try and remember. It's fine if you flip through a physical copy of the book like this. Oh, there we go. Um, not that it will help you much because we're going to move quite quickly. Um, and we're going to... Uh, compile those results and the people who win um if if you're working on your own that's fine if you're in a little whatsapp group or whatever and doing as a team that's fine just make sure only one person is putting in the the answers um we have prizes which i will show you towards the end 
And then we're going to um, announce some news of next steps for next readathons and let you know what's going on there. Okay, so let's think back to the readathon. This idea came up, it was just after Christmas, and I was thinking, well, what can we do at the Oxford Centre for Fantasy? Uh, I don't know if you know much about us, but we came out of an attempt to buy um, Tolkien's house in Oxford, which we couldn't get because it was just too much money. But we did, um, through the fundraising, have enough to set up a centre uh, for appreciating Tolkien and his fellow ink inklings. And as part of that, we do creative writing, teaching both online and now in person. But we do a lot of um, events and other things all about the sort of world of Tolkien, uh, celebrating fantasy and contemporary fantasy writers as well. Anyway, so I thought, well, let's give something really chunky for 2022. And it came to my mind that what I'd really love to do is read Lord of the Rings with everybody. We couldn't read it out loud. Some, some people thought quite, you can see how, uh, read-a-thon means reading it aloud, but um, there are audiobooks and copyright issues around that. You know, Andy Circus might be after us if we did that. Um, so what it was like, it was more a book club. And we asked people to be a Gandalf for a day where they took us through their particular chapter. And I was very strict. We did the preface as well as the appendices. We are really hardcore here at the Oxford Centre for Fantasy. Um, and it was delightful. People were following a sort of very loose format, which was to say why they like this chapter, what this particular chapter meant for them. And then we finished up with a, a favourite quote. And every day, I, I'm sure others on uh, this webinar had the same um, sort of experience. I really look forward to just checking in and finding out what today's Gandalf had thought of something. It was like I was reading it, even if I wasn't actually sitting down reading the chapter at the moment. Um, and so I really enjoyed it personally. And I particularly liked, for me, the highlight was um, the quotes, because people were digging out fabulous, fabulous quotes from all over the book, which we're going to put together, actually, um, and... Uh, present as a, a video which will release uh, we will release that later in um month or so but you know that was just wonderful some of those things are definitely worth a t-shirt some of those slogans um just to let you know how met how what was involved so we started on the 1st of march and if you include the preface and the appendices that's 64 days we went straight through Without a break, every day there was a posting. And many of you on this um, Zoom were our Gandalf. And I thought you might be interested to see which chapters got the most responses. Inevitably, the first chapters and the very last one, the sort of hello and the goodbye, got a lot of um, people commenting on them. But several chapters in the middle popped up as being you know, surprisingly popular. So one was um, book one, chapter nine, which I'm sure you all know is at the side of the prancing pony. Uh, that got quite a lot of chat. People were uh, imagining themselves down the prancing pony. Uh, another one that a lot of people wanted to comment on was book two, chapter eight, which was farewell to Lorien. So if you were the Gandalfs for these chapters, you know, extra pat on the back. 
Um, and then in Two Towers, book three, chapter nine, Flotsam and Jetsam, got a lot of people commenting on it. That was Karen who was spoke to us earlier. That was her chapter. So, um, which was, I suppose it's uh, Merry and Pippin, isn't it? A lot of people enjoyed um, talking about them. So maybe that's why that proved particularly popular. But it went extremely smoothly and I really enjoyed that whole process of seeing so many people sharing what we all love, which of course is um, Lord of the Rings, possibly the world's favourite novel, or it's certainly up there, isn't it? Okay, so let's go on to the quiz. I'll just tell you how it's going to happen once more. Um, it, you will see in a minute on your screen a, a form, which is like the first round. And I'll be reading out the questions and you either have to put in a word or a couple of words or do a multiple choice answer. Um, and then at the end, you, you press send and it goes to the people who are working on this behind the, the scenes. So um, they're going to be compiling the results. Um, for those of you who have just joined us since I gave the rules, I mentioned to everybody that this is an honours system. We're hoping that you won't be Googling and searching digitally. We prefer you to do this from memory of your many readings. If you slightly misspell a name, don't worry. I've given sort of very variations that are permissible. Um, so don't worry if you've, you know, if some elven word passes you by, uh, you're, as long as you're roughly in the right area, you'll be fine. Um, and I just see in the, uh, before we start, I can see in the chat, Clara is just um, saying hi. Ah, she's saying, um, mentioning the Friendship Onion podcast with Billy and Dom. Yeah, I've listened to some of that. I haven't kept up every week, but that's a fun podcast if you if you like to follow our two favourite hobbits. Well, joint favourite, obviously, with Sam and Frodo. Um, okay, right. Are you all ready? Good. I'm assuming that's that's you're all ready to go. So will my quiz team please put up Round one. Okay, so the first round, as you can see, is people and animals. So what is the first name of the first elf that Sam meets? We all know he wants to meet the elves, but who is, what's the name of the first named elf that he meets. Question number two, whose daughter is Goldbury, according to the song? That's Tom Bombadil's song. Goldbury, of course, is Tom Bombadil's partner. Yeah, so please put your answers in the slots on the, the quiz rather than in the chat because they won't be counted in the chat. Okay, so question number three. What are Nika breakers? Are they, uh, number one, a berserker orc? A kind of insect? 
a species of toad or a species of bird? Question number four is whose son, sorry, there's a typo there, whose son is Burgle? I told you it wasn't about the films. So those of you who are cheering because we've gone outside the, the films. Okay, question number five. How many black riders are there when Frodo gets stabbed on Weathertop? Four, five, six, or nine? I mean, that means not in existence, but how many are present at Weathertop? I suppose I should say that. Okay, who rules Dale during the days of the Lord of the Rings? Dale, you remember, is by the Lonely Mountain. Is it Brand? Is it Bane? Is it Bard? Or is it Bob? Question number seven is... What is the name of the wise woman of Gondor in the Houses of Healing? Again, if you're not quite sure of the spelling, as long as you get it phonetically, you'll be okay. Okay, number eight. What's the name of the eagle who rescues Gandalf from Isengard? Question number nine, do you know your orcs? Where is Grishnach from? Is he from, or she, uh, from Mordor, Moria, Isengard, or Mirkwood? Yeah, I don't know if there's any female orcs. I mean, if you've got a view on that, put it in the, um, put it in the chat. So maybe someone's got a theory. I, I, Number 10, and the last one in this round. Which commander rides with Gandalf to the relief of the battle at Helm's Deep? Remember, we're doing the book, which is a very large hint. We're doing the book. Okay, so please um, tap return at the end and send in your answers and when they've all gone in. Yeah, people are saying that was hard. Yeah, that's the point. That's why I put in lots of multiple choice ones, because then you get um, a chance of, you know, one in four chance or one in three. So just do your best. Okay. So make sure you've scrolled through to do all 10 questions. You have to sort of walk, work up to the bottom. So everyone got the, the hang of it now because there's um, four more rounds to go. 
So if you think you didn't quite get get it right on round one, you've got another four rounds to catch up. Ah, oh, people are saying I'm brutal. You know, I was I was making this up, thinking all oh, these are too easy. But then my husband, who's quite a Lord of the Rings nut, said, "Oh no, no, that was really tough." But I do want a winner, you see. So if I made it so everybody could get all of them, it wouldn't wouldn't work, would it? Okay, so um, some people have done the thing where they've um, submitted too early. Okay, so can't do much about that now because we're in the middle of the, the software. Um, so we've got, can we then share the quiz from our friends from our smiles? Um, yeah, we're going to be posting this quiz uh, and, and this readathon later. So you're welcome to uh, to do so. And in fact, if you message me, I can send you the quiz questions and you can test them. How about that? Take it to your Lord of the Rings fans elsewhere. Just give me the credit. Okay, so 15 seconds to go and then we'll close this round. Don't worry too much if you... Oh, Diana's saying, my spell check is trying to correct my names. I know. I know. It's terrible, isn't it? I'm, it does it all the time. Word does not know. The other thing I've discovered is that um, Wordle doesn't recognize uh, things like Mordor. If you try and put in a Tolkien word, you have to be, which is what I do when I do Wordle, you have to do something quite generic like the Shire. Right. Okay. So... Um, it'll go quicker after this, but we are going to do the answers whilst people, and then you can mark your own. So see how you did. So the hopefully my team will be putting up the answers, um, but I will start. There we go. So the first question, the name of the first elf was Gildor. So G-I-L-D-O-R. He's got a second name as well, but I thought that was a bit tough. Number two, um, the daughter, Goldbury is the daughter of the river or the river woman. If you're being really precise in the song, it's the river woman or river daughter. So if you've said river, she's a kind of naiad of sorts. Um, then you're right. So what are the Nicobrikas? Yep, they're a kind of insect. Most of you said that. Um, it's what Sam, I think it's Sam, calls those midges on midgewater marshes. Whose son is Burgle? Uh, that's Berigond. I love that bit. It's, it didn't make it into the films, but um, Pippin's friendship with Burgle and Berigond is great. It's a lovely bit of the sort of Gondor background. Um, if you said something like Man of Arms in Gondor, you'll get that point. We're being a bit lenient because everyone's told me I'm really tough. Uh, how many black riders were there on Weathertop? There were five, which is said quite overtly. Um, who rules Dale during the days of Lord of the Rings? Um, the answer is Brand, who's son of Bane, son of Bard. Not Bob. Nobody said Bob, so good. What's the name of the wise woman? It's Yoreth. She's the one who talks about um, fetching the king's foil with her sisters. 
what's the name of the eagle? Well, of course, it's Gwai here. I don't know how many eagles you can name, but it's Gwai here. Uh, do you know your orcs? Grishnak is amongst the orcs in that party who get Merry and Pippin um, in the two towers. And he's in the group that's from Mordor, as opposed to Isengard. Um, so Mordor was the right answer there. Number 10. This is for though this is definitely for the book readers. It's Erkenbrand. <clears throat> Erkenbrand gets a whole little peroration, you know, of praise for his, but he doesn't appear at all in the film. So Erkenbrand is the commander who arrives with Gandalf. Okay, right. So stand by for round two, everybody. Keep a tally of how many you got there. Um, round two is places. Here we go. So we're going to start up in the sky. By the way, um, there's a blood moon tonight if you're somewhere with no cloud cover. Um, supposed to be really good in America. It's a special moon tonight. What is the Hobbit name for the plough or the great bear? Remember not to press send until you've answered all 10 questions. Okay, number two, who owns a house that stood back from the lane in the middle of a wide circle of lawn surrounded by a belt of low trees inside the outer hedge? Now this, I'll give you a clue because people have told me this is tricky. It's from the beginning of the book. So, okay, we're going to leave the Shire and go to Bree. Tolkien mentions three villages near Bree, Staddle, Coombe and Archit. What is the name of the village near Bree on the edge of the Chetwood? Which of the three is it? Is it Staddle, is it Coombe or is it Archit? You can work this one out by logic. But one in three chance of getting that right. By the way, Bree is, um, it says in the appendices, it's based on a village near Oxford called Brill, which you can go and visit if you come and see us in Oxford. It's on a hill and it has little villages around it like this. Number four, what is the common tongue name for Amun Sul? What place means, this is number five, what place means black pit in the Elvish tongue? Okay, question number six. Again, this is a character who didn't make it into the films. Where does Prince Imrahil live? I'm really looking for his specific place that he's lord of. But my... my I might be a bit lenient on that one if you get the right area of Middle Earth. Number seven, which place does Aragorn say is unnaturally silent with no sound for miles around? So this is one moment where all the fellowship is there. There's a clue. And he is, he says this, and Gandalf says something along the lines of, pay attention when you bring a ranger with you. 
So what's the name of the place? Another clue is this place is very important for the Second Age and the Amazon series, presumably. Okay, number eight. What is the name of the river in Lorien that has the power to wash away the stain of travel and weariness? It's where Frodo says he thinks he can hear a voice in the waters. Again, if you can just roughly spell it, you'll be okay. Number nine, what is the new name of the lands that were once cultivated by the Entwives? Now, if you know your map, it's, it's on the map, but also it's something that Treebeard says. So there were once upon a time lush places, but then war passed over them and they're now called the something. And slightly... Slightly easy question. Hopefully everyone gets this. From where does Frodo set sail? Is even the chapter title at the end, so. Okay. Right. We're about to close round two and give you the answers. So I hope that wasn't too grim that you got some of those. And it's about to close about now. Oh, 15 seconds. Wonder where your favorite place is. Where, I think, I always used to think it was Lorien would be my favorite place. But actually, as I got older, I think it's probably more likely to be Rivendell because I don't fancy living up a tree. I don't think I'd cope with the no ledges on those flats. Okay, there we go. Some people are saying they're making ridiculous guesses. That's fine. Right, let's do the answers. The name, uh, the Hobbit name for the star system, the Plough of the Great Bear, is the sickle. I suppose it doesn't like a sickle. Who owns a house with that description? Now, this is Frodo's house in Crick Hollow, the one he never actually gets to live in um, properly, because obviously he has to leave after having had a bath. <laughs> he does one night, has a bath, off he goes. Um, of the three village, Archet. Now, the reason why you could have got that is Chetwood Archet. See, um, that's how, that's that particular village. The common tongue name for Amon Sul is Weathertop. Uh, which place means Black Pit in Elvish tongue? That's Moria. Bad luck if you said Mordor, which is sort of the same route, but... They actually do say it means Black Pit. That's a quote from the book. Where does Prince Imrahil live? He's one of the captains of Gondor. So he lives in Gondor, but extra, you know, kudos if you said Dol Amroth. Uh, so that's where he lives. Which place was unnaturally silent? That's Holin. Uh, Holin is the place where the birds fly over um, before they go to Moria. It's 
where they're um, trying to find a way across the mountains. And it's where that sort of area is where Celebrimbor lives, who's going to be one of the main characters in the Amazon series. What's the name of the river in Lorien? That's Nimrodel. Um, and the new name for the lands are the Brown Lands. They actually appear on the map, if you look. It's quite a big name, the Brown Lands. It's sort of above um, the dead marshes, above that bit. And from where does Frodo set sail? The Grey Havens. So there you go. See how well you did. Keep your own little tally. Get ready for round three. There'll be 10 questions. So um, please don't press return because we can't start it again because people are already halfway through. Um, Carrie's saying that round was dismal for you. Well, it just you have to go read the book again. That's what's going to happen after this, isn't it? Um, I wonder how many of these I could, I mean, setting the questions is different from actually answering them. Um, I wonder, I should have tested, you know, if you could test yourself. I reckon I probably would have got about seven out of those, seven out of 10 of those. Okay, round three objects. There's an interesting chat going on about um, Steve saying he thinks that um, Rivendell might have been a bit cold and damp due to the waterfalls. True. Yeah, I did worry about breezes. Didn't have many doors and windows, did they? Uh, round three is about objects. <clears throat> Number one, who has a hatchet when they start the journey from the Shire? You've got a one in four chance of getting this right, if you're thinking amongst the hobbits. Who has the hatchet? Okay. Mary pays 12 silver pennies for <clears throat> Bill the Pony. But how many pennies is a pony normally in Brie? This sounds like one of those maths questions you might have got at school. He does say to the innkeeper, or the innkeeper tells him that he's paying so many more times than the going rate. So you've got to work out if he's paying two times, three times, um, four times the going rate and so on. One in four chance. Just how mean was Bill Fernie? Okay, there's an artifact mentioned, a brooch set with blue stones, many shaded like flax flowers or the wings of blue butterflies. Where is this found? I'll give you a clue. It's in Fellowship of the Ring quite early on. And it appears briefly, but where is it? We also, number four, we're still in fellowship. <clears throat> Who has a silver-studded flask of leather and offers everyone a drink? Now, this is, I'll give you a clue here. It's a character who doesn't appear in the film. But he or she arrives at a very good moment for them with his or her flask. Okay, do you know your spells? Number five, what does Gandalf conjure with the words, Naur an Edraith Amen? 
Does he conjure fire, an entrance, or light? What's the main purpose of that spell? He doesn't do that many spells, if you think about it. But that's that's one of them. Number six. How many members of the fellowship don't wear boots? Who doesn't wear boots? So number seven, in Lorien, Frodo admires the yellow Eleanor and the pale, another kind of flower. What's the name of the other flower in Lorien? Is it Mornier, Simbomuna, or Nifredil? Oh, I'm tough, aren't I? Very, very tough. Now, number eight. Number eight, I... This is where my life has been enriched by asking you all this question, because this is one I would get wrong. Okay, Galadriel gives each member of the fellowship a personal gift in addition to their cloaks. Aragorn gets a silver brooch with a green stone. What shape is the brooch? Is it an eagle, a star or a flower? Who made Aragorn's sword Anduril? Was it Celebrimbor, Fiano, Telchar, or Navi? All famous smiths in the world of Middle Earth. And finally, which of these, in addition to an iron cap, does Gimli take from the armory at Meduseld? Again, we're doing the book, not the film. Does he take a coat of rings? Does he take shining mail? Does he take a shield? Or does he take nothing else, just the cap? Okay. You've got 30 seconds to go on that. Oh, thank you, Susanna. Thank you for uh, liking my spell casting, channeling my inner Ian McKellen. Um, so we are about to close down number three. As I promised, we are going to go through this quite quickly, not hold you up too much. How did you find that round? Okay, send in your answers. While I drink my cup of tea. Okay, let's find out how you did. <laughs> Karen saying she still gets stumped. I know. This is the thing of why there's always more to see in in um, I have to say Harry Potter. Always more to see in Lord of the Rings. I, the other thing I did used to do um, quizzes on is Harry Potter, my kids. And I got quite expert on that with them, you know, being able to name all the dark arts teachers, teachers and things. Couldn't do that anymore. Okay, right. So who has a hatchet when they start the journey? Believe it or not, it's Frodo. 
I bet most of you put Sam. It's Frodo. So who knew? Um, Mary pays 12 silver pennies. I think that most of you got this right. It was four. So it was three times. Um, Bill is three times more than he's worth. But of course, he's worth more than that, really, because he's Bill. Where is this brooch? Well, the brooch is one of the things found in the Barrow Mound. And Tom Bombadil picks it up and talks about it, saying he remembers the lady who wore it. And he says he will take it home to Goldbury. So that's when it appears. It just comes into the story and leaves again. So if you said Barrow or Mound or um, the Downs, anything like that, give yourself a mark. Who has a silver, silver studded flask? That's Glorfindel, of course, who uh, is the one who comes and rescues them, not Arwen as in the film, um, but Glorfindel, a very you know, old uh, elf lord. What does Gandalf conjure? It's fire. Um, it's not the, there's a different spell for light, slightly different, uh, and it's not an entrance. So it's fire. It's when they're up on the mountain trying to get over Caradras and they're all shivering in the snow. And he says he'll summon that flame. That's what he does. Okay. How many members of the fellowship don't wear boots? Well, obviously not the hobbits. But it's also mentioned in that bit on the mountain in the snow that Legolas wears shoes. So forget what the wardrobe mistress on Lord of the Rings, the films decided. So there's five people who don't wear boots. Uh, in Lorien, yeah, most of you got this right. The right answer is Nifredil. Mornier is uh, just another Elvish word. Simulmuna is other flowers on the Rohan um, burial mounds. So that's where you have heard that before. Nifredil is the right one. Yeah, no, this is the, the Galadriel brooch one. Now, this is, if, if there is only one thing you go away enriched by in this hour, it's this. It's an eagle, folks. I was so shocked when I saw that. I thought, I'd never thought of that looking like an eagle. I would have said star, too, because they talk about it being like a star on his brow. It's an eagle. So there you go. Who made Aragorn's sword? It was Telchar. In the depths of time. And number 10, most of you got this right. He he already has um, his own mail. He takes a shield. It's a shield with a white horse on it. I'm not sure it's mentioned again. Tell me if you, you know, maybe one of those things that kind of comes and goes in the story. Um, but that's what's on his shield. Okay. Uh, yeah, Carrie's saying she had um a star shape in her head too and i think that um everybody's going to i think we might get a clear winner out of this won't you because there'll be somebody in there who's getting all the answers right who's keeping very quiet get ready for round four off we go again 10 questions and the theme for this one is Messages, dreams, and visions. Okay, there's lots of dreams mentioned in Lord of the Rings. Have you noticed that? Um, and Merry gets his dream recorded when they're all at Tom Bombadil's house. 
Does he dream of drowning, of being chased by wolves, of scratching willow twigs, or of Gandalf standing at the top of a tower? I'll tell you that the only one in the house who doesn't dream is Sam. He's, he's told, we are told he slept like a log. Uh, but the others all have dreams. So which one is Mary's dream? Question number two, who sees the hints of the scouring of the Shire in Galadriel's mirror? Uh, he sees trees being cut down. Who sees that? Okay, so uh, moving on. Number three, Gandalf on his return from well, sort of death, I suppose, uh, or at least the Balrog, uh, brings messages from Galadriel to Aragorn, Gimli and Legolas. This is in Two Towers. Of what does Galadriel tell the elf to beware? She's got various messages for them. And Legolas is quite clear that he should be beware of something. What is it? Question number four. Wormtongue gives Gandalf a nickname, Late Spell. What does it mean? Does it mean ill news? Troublemaker, warbringer, or bad counsellor. Uh, you, if you um, have done any old English, this will be an easy one for you. I'm sure you're all graduates of Anglo-Saxon, Norse and Celtic, aren't you? Question number five. So I'm going towards the other end of the book now. We're in Return of the King. What does Sam see above the Ethel Duath? That's the mountains in Mordor. That remind him that the shadow is only a small and passing thing. It's one of my favourite bits of the book. And our Gandalf for that day picked it out as well. Does he see the moon? A light at the top of the tower? The sunset? Or a star? Okay, we're still sticking with Sam. When does Sam say that all his wishes have come true? Is it when Frodo wakes up after being rescued? When Rosie Cotton accepts Sam's proposal? When Sam hears the song by the Minster of Gondor? Or when Frodo and Sam reunite with Merry and Pippin? He says, all my dreams have come true. Little sidebar here. When I, when I hear that, I've got the BBC um, play version of this in my head. And the guy who played Sam in that version is Bill Nye, who I find really hard to connect with Sam. You know, Bill Nye of Love Actually fame. But there you go. That was one of his early voice roles. Number seven, when, where is the Blackstone that the dead must go to when summoned by Aragorn to redeem their broken oath? So in the book, when he goes to get the army to help him, the army of the dead, he summons them to a particular stone. So where is it? Is it in the paths of the dead? Is it in Dunharrow? Is it in Amon Din? Or is it in Erech, the black stone of 
fill in the blank. Okay, I'm hoping everyone gets this one. Number eight, who has a prophecy told about him that he cannot be killed by a man? Is it the Lord of the Nazgul, Sauron, Saruman, or the Balrog? Number nine, who says they're able to fill the sun even when it is hidden? Is that something that Galadriel says, or Gollum, or Ganburi Gan, or Gorbag? Went with G's there, so you can see. Number 10, how many Palantir, Palantiri, or seeing stones were brought to Middle Earth? Gandalf sings a little ditty that Pippin hears. Was it three? Was it seven? Was it nine? Favourite Tolkien numbers. Three, seven or nine. Round four is about to end. So please um, put in your answers now. Okay, right, we're going to go do the answers now. I will... Reveal the messages. Last call for round four. Press return. Okay, let's move on to giving the answers for those. Don't forget to keep a little tally of how many you're getting right. Okay, so what does he dream? Yes, most of you got that right. He dreams of drowning. Correct. Who sees the scouring of the Shire in Galadriel's mirror? It's Sam. Uh, in the film, they cut it down to being just Frodo, but it's actually Sam who sees that. Gandalf brings the message. Um, Galadriel tells Legolas to, be, to beware of the sea because it will fill him with a longing to go to the Undying Lands. Yeah, most of you got number four right. Uh, lace spell means ill news. What does Sam see um, in the sky? It's a star. And again, most of you got that right. When does Sam say all his wishes have come true? Again, most of you got that right. It's when he hears the song sung by the minstrel, um, which I thought was quite funny. It's not when all the other things happen. But that links back to a bit he's saying about he wants to hear a song when they're on the steps going up to Kirifungal. Where is the uh, Blackstone? Erech is the right answer. They have to this. They do this breakneck ride to Erech to be there um, by a certain time. Again, this is where the book's better than the films. Yes, everybody said Lord of the Nazgul. Well done. Um, who says able to feel the sun where it's hidden? Um, Ganburi Gan. He is again a lovely, a lovely little character who doesn't. Uh, appear in the films he's one of the wild men who help the Rohan arrive in time to the siege at Minas Tirith how many Palantir are there yes most of you got that right seven so correct okay right someone's saying that felt easier more it was more multiple choice that's why um okay the last one is history because we all know how uh, deep the history is of Middle Earth. And don't forget, there's lots of prizes up for grabs at the end. Um, great prizes. 
which we'll tell you about when we're, we're counting the, the scores. So we're going to start now. And this is history. Back in the Shire, when the four hobbits leave, poor old Fatty Boulder is left behind. And the Black Riders attack. He raises the alarm. And there's a little bit that Tolkien writes about which event calls the horn call of Buckland to be last used 100 years ago. So they've had a very peaceful time. But 100 years ago, something happened. Was it a sighting of a troll on the moors, an invasion of trees from the old forest, wolves crossing the river in winter, or a fire at Brandybuck Hall? Number two, which hero related to Elrond does Bilbo sing about in Rivendell? I thought this was fair to ask because there's quite a conversation between Bilbo and Aragorn about this, preparing this song. Um, so, and he's an important character in the Silmarillion. And again, approximate spellings will be fine. Question number three. The book found in the chamber of Mazarbal, that's the, the sort of the manuscript that's been hacked around. We hear that Oin, who's one of the dwarves from the Hobbit, we hear how he died. Was he slain by an orc arrow? Was he killed defending the bridge? Or was he taken by the Watcher in the water? That's that octopusy thingy. Um, it's called the Watcher in the water. Who does Gandalf call the oldest living thing that still walks upon the sun, upon this Middle Earth? Now, I think that there may be some inconsistency in Tolkien here, but this is the person, the living thing that Gandalf calls this. We can discuss this afterwards. Number five, how many times have the red leaves fallen in Mirkwood since the Golden Hall was built in Meduseld? 300 years, 500 years, 800 years, or 1,000 years? It's one of Legolas's ways of telling the passing of time. Number six, Herogrim is an ancient blade, but who wields it? It's one of the named swords in Lord of the Rings. Whose sword is it? Number seven, whose name means starlight in elven tongue, according to Frodo? It is an elf. I'll let you know that much. So, and an elf in history, not one of the current generation. Okay, number eight, which nation built the Tower of Kiris Ungul? That's the tower where Frodo's taken captive. Was it built by Gondor, Mordor, or Umbar? Okay, I dipped into the appendices. I'm enjoying this, you can tell. Putting you through all this torture. Whose daughter does Faramir I of the Shire, okay, that's important, marry? Faramir, who's going to call their son Faramir, who lives in the Shire? And whose daughter... Does that person marry? So think about that. You can work it out if you know your appendices. And number 10, let's finish with death. <laughs> Whose beds are set against 
King Alessar, that's Aragorn, at his passing. So is it Merry and Pippin, Gimli and Legolas, or Arwen and Eldarion? That's the son. So who, who's alongside him when he's passing? Okay, we're about to close this round so we don't overrun by too much. And we're going to whisk our way through the answers and find out who we're going to crown champion. Okay, so please, whatever you've done, doesn't matter if you haven't answered all of them, just send in your answers now so that we can uh, give the rest of the quiz question answers. Okay, I think we're going to close that down now. <laughs> Karen's saying, that's so tough. Yeah, but you're learning a lot, aren't you? Yeah, well, this isn't the this isn't the you know the soppy old pub quiz where they only ask about the films. This is the real hard core stuff here. Okay, right. The answer to question one. Most of you got this right. Yes, it's wolves crossing the frozen river in winter. Um, the hero that Bilbo sings about is Erendil. Uh, the one who's got the Silmaril and becomes a star. Um, the book says, the book of Mazarbul in the, that chamber says that Porod Oin um, was taken by the Watcher in the Water, the octopusy thing. Who does Gandalf call the oldest living thing? Um, well, it's Treebeard. Now, you're going to say, but I thought that Tom Bombadil was eldest, because that's what Elrond says. Maybe somebody knows how to reconcile these two things, but Gandalf actually says, maybe it's the thing as opposed to person. The oldest living thing that still walks is Treebeard. So there you go. Uh, how many times have the red leaves fallen? Well, most of you got this right. It's 500 years, which for Legolas is, <clears throat> you know, like a couple of years ago, plus. Um, the that new big book called um, "The Nature of Middle Earth" that came out last year that has a lot about how Tolkien worked out how elf time tallies with human time. If you're interested, it's got sort of tables of how to work it all out. It ends up that they're sort of pregnant if they're having a child for about nine years. It seems you know more than an elephant. Um, I wouldn't fancy that if you've got morning sickness as an elf mother. Herogrim, um, that is Theoden's sword. If you say King of Rohan, that's fine, because presumably it's some kind of, you know, top king sword. Whose name means starlight in elven tongue? Um, that's Gil-galad. So Gil-galad was an elven king, that one. Um We've got a few people saying that Ent should have rights. Absolutely. They're not a thing. Quite right too. Gandalf, go back and to PC school. Um, which nation built the Tower of Kyrgyz Ungol? Most of you got this right. It's Gondor. I think that's a really interesting part of Lord of the Rings, the idea that all these wonderful buildings that have become sort of made horrible by Mordor were actually originally from the heyday of Gondor. 
Um, I guess a, a great bit of the history it gives it a real sort of feeling of very similitude. Um, number nine. Okay. I put these in. These are really self-indulgent. I just love these facts. Faramir the first is Pippin's son. And he marries Sam's daughter, who's called Goldilocks, which isn't such a good name, I don't think. But anyway, Goldilocks. So there's a kind of next generation um, Hobbit thing going on there. Mary doesn't seem to get married. He's the bachelor. Um, and of course, Frodo's already gone. So it was Sam. Whose beds are beside King Alessa? This is such a super cute answer. And most of you got it right. Which is, it's Merry and Pippin. Um, and of course, they end up being buried alongside him in the, the place where the kings of Gondor are laid. Um, which I think is really sweet. And I hadn't noticed till I was trawling the appendices for interesting questions. Okay, so that was round five. Now, we've got a team checking, but if you want to tally up how many you think you've got and um, put it in the chat, if you think you've scored quite highly, it will help them find you. So I'll count down. If you think you, if you've got 50, uh, put your hand in the, put your score up and I'll count down. If you've got in the 40s, Put your score in um, the chat. Nobody got in the 40s. I've, I've made it really difficult, haven't I? Yeah, Karen's saying not even close. Yeah, I know. I didn't really expect anyone to get 50. Um, if you got in the 30s, put your answer in the chat, your name in the chat, and they'll know to check your answers first. Karen's saying she... She says she got 30. That sounds like a good score, Karen. Anybody? Oh, Emily, 34. Ooh, excellent. Anybody else? Someone got minus four. <laughs> no. Beverly, maybe 40. 31. And Rainbow missed the first round, but she got 31. Well, that sounds like you'd have been, you could have been in there, couldn't you? Um, anyway, so whilst we're just having, um, I've got a team who are checking the answers, we're going to do the top three placings. Um, and um, I want to show you what they're going to be getting because you can actually buy these. So I don't know if my my faithful team, Brian, is able to show me, put it on the, 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 uh, the share of the screen. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the um, Myth Makers podcast page, Brian. There we go. Um, we're doing, um, we're building up merchandise with illustrations on it from um, illustrators of books. And this first one I've got uh, in the shop is by a great friend of the centre called Pete Williamson. Um, and he did this wonderful dragon design. So um, the, the top team will get I Dream of Dragons, a little sort of cluster of things around that. You can buy them too. There's a version of this that's Mother of Dragons as well, if you're a, a Game of Thrones fan. I thought I'd put that up there for Mother's Day, which has just gone. Um, so it's rather lovely. I'm going to build this up over time with more illustrators, with more designs. So if you've got a, an illustrator that you know and you think it'd be nice to add it to our little gallery, do let me know. 
um, because this is a long-term project. There you are. That's all the other stuff. And you can get T-shirts like this um, because we are going to be doing other readathons. So there's this design, which is a readathon one. Oh, yeah. And Brian's just showing you his mugs, um, phone cases, you know, usual, usual stuff. Um, anyway, so we have fun on our shops sort of dreaming up products. And if there's anything you want, let us know because we'll see if we can source it. Um, okay, so just while we're looking for the winners, just want to ask, um, just gonna just gonna ask people um, who took part in the readathon to tell us how they got on. We've spoken to some already, but um, Carrie, do you want to come back on and tell us about your experience of actually leading the and, and commenting on the readathon? There she is. Off you go. Tell us about what you enjoyed most about taking part in the readathon. Um, I really enjoyed everybody's posts and reading those every day. There are so many things I enjoyed about the readathon. It's going to be hard to pin down one thing in particular, but um, I made a couple of friends along the way, and uh, I think it was beautiful to see what everybody wrote about their favorite chapters. And I started following along with the audio book. Uh, during the readathon so that oh. I could keep up. And there were parts of the book that as I heard them read really brought a new perspective, like having pity for Gollum when they meet up with Gollum and it's sort of along the journey before they get to Athelion, but they're, they're really seeing just how sad he is and hearing that read out loud really drove home how pitiable his character is. Mm. And another chapter that really made me cry, and I wasn't expecting to, was hearing everyone escaping the bridge of Khazad-dûm and, and coming out of that without Gandalf. And when he, when the audiobook. Uh, gave out the line of everyone being overcome with grief. I joined right along with them. <laughs> yeah, there are so, so, several bits in it which I choke up at. Yeah, and, you know that that one definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, and then the other bit that makes me choke up is um, when Frodo says that he saved the Shire, but not for him, not for me. You know. Oh gosh, yeah. the entire last chapter yeah. is yeah. almost just an entire choke up for me with that. I still, to this day, I can't read the last words without getting teary. <laughs> yeah. That's lovely, Carrie. Thank you. Um, I'm just seeing how we're doing on, let me know folks um, on who are working behind the scenes, if you've got a, a winner, just so I know, but let's talk to Karen who, did, who got 30 in the quiz, so she's very well in the quiz. Karen, um, same thing for you. What did you like most about the readathon? Um, I think just getting to do a really good deep dive with some of the participants. I posted a few questions about the chapter, just little points that I'd picked up on, um, like where we had um, Strider, where he kind of comes into his own and he says that you know he belongs to both Gondor and the North. And it's the mm. first kind of inkling where you get to see that he's being what he's meant to be, as opposed to just one of one of the sides of him. So I was posting lots of little questions like that of, you know, what what does that mean for you? Like, what kind of thing are you? Are you just a, an office worker or are you also an artist and are you also a reader and all these things? So 
getting to be a little bit more of a deep dive and see how things work was really nice. Yeah. Um, it led to a lot of people just contacting me just in my in my DMs about it as well. So we ended up having conversations about how oh. it connects through to even not if, not even with my own chapter, but just how um things connect through to the Silmarillion. So I know there was one chapter we were talking about for quite a while where you have the um the scene where Gimli is given the three hairs from the head of yes. Gladwell, and it relates back to the whole fable from the Silmarillion where they're trying to get these hairs to do bad deeds. <laughs> and then Oh gosh, I didn't know that. That's that's, that's fascinating. Oh well, yeah, it's, um it's like a like this old law that obviously um Legolas would have grown up hearing these stories about mm-hmm. how they wanted the hair to make these silmarils and you know have some awesome power that could be used for bad. And yeah. that he doesn't get them. Like he she just doesn't give them to him because Galadriel can see into his heart and his soul that he's not intending that to be a good thing. And that when he, um, when Gimli requests one hair and she gives him three, it's that little kind of like heartwarming scene where he's told Legolas this. And yeah. Legolas is like, oh, I can trust you. We can be friends. You know, I never really trusted um, anyone like Gimli before. And because Gladriel does, now he can because yeah. he, he trusts her to the end of, end of time. Um, so little things like that where you get to have a really deep dive into just the the tiny minutiae of like parts of what happens in the book. Yeah. And just seeing how it relates across the law was really fascinating for me. So I got to have a lot more interesting conversation out of it, not just from hosting, but in the background too. <laughs> that's exactly what I hope would happen. So that's lovely to hear. <laughs> and we've got um, Will and Steve Ruddock. Now, Will and Steve Ruddock, are you related to each other or are you just people sharing the same Surname. Let's find out. Are you still with us? We are yes. very much related. Will is my uh-huh. son, and we both participated in the readathon and had oh, many, right. many great offline conversations about it. Thanks to the readathon. Fantastic. One well, that's thing, really nice to hear. Did you yeah. have a favorite uh, interaction that you that you remember? I've actually got the results, by the way, everybody. So we're just here. Will and Steve's favorite chapters. I, I always have loved the scouring of the Shire, ne- the next to the last chapter. You know, the the heroic quest is complete, and now the hobbits get home and they've got to toss out the ruffians and clean up the garbage. So I really like that nitty gritty dose of reality at the end of the at the end of the mythic story. Yeah, and also you see the fact that because there is no Gandalf and there's no Aragorn, that how Merry and Pippin and Sam and Frodo all just really stand forward and they, they're just able to cope with it all. You know, they've, yep. they've grown up. They've matured. Yep. That's what they were trained for, as Gandalf tells them before he leaves. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd compliment um, uh, you and your team on this. I thought that generally when I have read Lord of the Rings, I have rushed through it in about a week. And this pace of going a chapter a day was very healthy for me. I think it enabled me to get a lot more out of it. And all of the mm-hmm. all of the all of the comments from the participants on a daily basis, favorite quotes and and such, I, I really did feel like I was able to read it with fresh eyes for the first time in a long time. Yes, and so this is the right moment, I think, to thank everybody who well, first of all, thank you all the Gandalfs. Um, who led us for a day and for your very um, thoughtful um, comments and what you put into that. 
Also, a big thanks to the behind the scenes team, particularly Kirsten and her team. They're based in South Africa. Um, and they were the people putting together the each day had a different um, social media asset or whatever you call them, but basically a different relevant sort of uh, image behind it. So that if you scroll back through Instagram or Facebook, you will find these are there still. They haven't been taken down. So if you want to go back and check in any of your favorite chapters and see um, what people said, it's still there for you to, to find. So thank you to everyone for putting all that work into it. Before I announce the winners, I just want to say is that we so enjoyed doing this that we think in the autumn we'll do another readathon. But we're trying to decide what to do. We're going to be asking everybody on social media for their views. But just so you can have a think about it between now and then, is that we're thinking of the choice between going right in and doing like the Silmarillion. That's super hardcore. I won't do, a, I don't think I can do a quiz on that one because I wouldn't get any of the questions right. Um, or should we have like a Christmas with the Hobbit? Or should we go sideways and start on the Chronicles of Narnia and have a shorter readathon on the Lion and the Witch and the Wardrobe? So we're going to be asking that probably in a sort of poll format um, across the various social media platforms to find out what you want to do. Um, and it will be similar as what we just done. Um, so you can join in, look out for that. Okay, right. Let's tell you the scores. Now, the scores have disappeared up the... Where have they gone? There we go. I've just found the scores. Okay, right. So in reverse order, winner of a mug uh, is Carolyn Woodall, who scored 34. So well done, Carolyn. In second place, with a very respectable 35, is Emily Cuneo. Well done, Emily. That is brilliant. But quite astonishingly, we have somebody in the 40s. Our outright winner is Sophie Beverly, who scored 42, which is a very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy score. So that's very pleasing. Um, these scores have been verified behind the scenes by my team because they've been able to see what you've put in. So well done, uh, those three uh, women. Brilliant. You're fantastic. We need your details so we can send you your prize. So please, can you send a message to, um, I think, to probably to me or to Brian Boyd uh, on the, if you do the sort of look down at the direct message option, so that we can contact you and send you your prize. If um, you are part of a team, Sophie or Emily or Carolyn, uh, let us know um, because obviously that changes how we how we send the prize. But anyway, um, I hope you all enjoyed that. Let me just check the messages at the end. Um, people are saying they want the quiz. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, if you want the quiz, when I close this down, I won't see the the, the chat anymore. So I'll lose your contacts could you contact me uh, on the facebook page or on our website which is uh and i'll be able to email it to you send it as an attachment you know that kind of thing 
um, because I put a lot of work into this, so I might as well spread it out there and you can talk to your friends um, with the quiz. And you'll seem really, you know, as you know, your Lord of the Rings. So people are saying what they think. They, oh, look, all the Narnia books. Yeah, Kirsten saying 42. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, is is um, Sophie still with us? Sophie, are you, Sophie, are you there? Uh, our winner. Are you still with us? Do you want to tell us how brilliant you are? She's been very oh, quiet. She said she can't chat out loud. That's all right. No, she can't chat. <laughs> So, uh, Emily, can you say um, you were also very well done? How oh, many thank times? You. How many times have you read Lord of the Rings? How many times have you read Lord of the Rings, Emily? Probably about fifteen. Okay. Well, you have remembered it extremely well. I felt like I was doing horribly. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, I wasn't quite sure how to pitch it. I didn't want to make it too easy because I thought then we'll, yeah. you know, I wanted to sort of make you feel as though you really had earned your your score at the end. Um, and who else? So, Carolyn, you also were among our winners. Are you there? You're going to... She's on mute, so maybe she can't talk either. I don't know. But congratulations to her too. Okay, everybody. Um... I will release you all back to your Sundays, either the end of your days or whatever. Um, thank you very much for coming and keep in touch with us for the next readathon or event. Oh, I should mention before you all go, if you want to come and celebrate Frodo and Bilbo's birthday with us in Oxford, we do have a uh, in-person course running at Magdalen College, the most beautiful college in Oxford. So come and walk and write in the shires with us. Um, and you can find the link for that on our website. Um, it'd be lovely to see you there. Come and join the others who already signed up for that course. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Mythmakers Podcast, brought to you by the Oxford Centre for Fantasy. Visit OxfordCentreForFantasy.org to join in the fun. Find out about our online courses, in-person stays in Oxford, plus visit our shop for great gifts. Tell a friend and subscribe wherever you find your favourite podcasts worldwide. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.